Welcome to AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons. We're advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, and research. Hi, I'm Mark Mildred. I'm in private practice in Eugene, Oregon at the Slocum Center for Orthopedics. Happy to be at AUKUS in person for the podcast. I'm Jen Babich. I'm a physician assistant in Eugene, Oregon at the Slocum Center for Orthopedics. I am Jocelyn Alloway. I'm also a PA at Slocum in Eugene, Oregon. I'm Kyle Brooks. I'm a physician assistant at Vanderbilt University in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you guys so much for joining. They all went to the orthopedic team course yesterday, and we wanted to talk just a little bit about First of all, why you came, what you learned, who the intended audience, like who you think would really benefit from this course was. Kyle, do you mind if we start with you? Sure. Yeah, I've been coming to AUKUS for a couple of years. I work uh, directly with Greg Polkowski at Vanderbilt, and he's very involved in AUKUS and has encouraged me to come see the conference. And over the years, I've gotten a ton out of it. And this is the second or third time I've been to the team member course, and it just keeps getting better each year. Dr. Dennis Nam did a fantastic job. It's really well catered to, I think, the entire team that's required to take care of uh, these joint replacement patients, especially as things have shifted towards more outpatient like we've seen. There's just a ton of work required. A lot of times on the front end with preoperative visits or optimization, and a lot of times that falls to us as PAs or other advanced practice providers. And the curriculum was great at addressing, I think, a lot of the current trends, needs, and kind of what we do to help take care of these patients both through their preoperative and then their perioperative period. So who do you think would benefit most from this course? Is it PAs that are just starting? Is uh, someone who's been in orthopedics for a little while? Who do you think would really get a lot from coming to the orthopedic team day? This is actually my first time at AUKUS, so obviously my first time at this team course. I thought it was great. I thought it was super informative. I loved the way the information was presented. I kind of got the feeling that it, I mean, obviously it's going to like benefit everyone, but I think definitely like the PAs were kind of the overwhelming majority of the audience. And I think, again, like Kyle was saying this year with kind of the shift towards outpatient surgeries, I think that the PA role is becoming a little bit maybe more important. The PT role is becoming more important just to make sure that these patients are taken care of in this perioperative period. So I think it's just helpful to join and, you know, there's different regional differences, but especially to kind of gather together to really in real time adapt to best practices with things that we do i think that particularly as providers whether it's pas like ourselves or other advanced practice providers that especially in the early post-operative or perioperative periods so there's a lot of discussion on you know how do you handle these kind of wound complications or what kind of dosing of post-operative pain meds or you know multimodal pain management strategies are we using to kind of just provide the best care we can for joint replacement patients. So to answer your question directly, I think just that any advanced practice providers that are that are providing care for joint replacement patients would be really well served by the course. Awesome. And Jocelyn, you were talking a little bit yesterday about how they talked about maybe some of the basics in orthopedics, like where mechanical versus anatomic alignment and just having a better knowledge of some of the principles that we use actually help make you a better PA or to understand surgery a little bit better. At any point in time, were you able to meet with other PAs and commiserate with maybe how awesome your surgeons are? But realistically, like, do they ever talk about maybe some of the challenges that PAs face in an orthopedic practice? We did have a working lunch where we kind of discussed like just changes in the profession and how people's roles are changing and comparing practices and what you like and don't like about your job. Kind of just everyone comparing notes for a little bit about that. Uh, all of our listeners should know that Jen loves her job. There is nothing that she finds <laughs> at all wrong with her job. She's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. 
I get to work with you on very rare occasions, <laughs> which is another plus. Pal, what was something you learned from the course that maybe you went into not knowing or that you thought was interesting about the course or just something that kind of surprised you? I think the piece that always is enjoyable for me is just to kind of hear regional differences. They do a pretty good job after, not that different from how the symposiums and such work here, where they'll have a panel of of some of the PAs that may be up there and then quickly they'll run down the line of, like I say, whether it's, you know, what are you using for your multimodal pain? What are you using for your post-op dressings? What are you using for weight-bearing restrictions or how are you addressing these complications? I think there was a lot of pertinent stuff, like I say, to some of the outpatient considerations and and kind of what we're all trying to to do to, you know, with the current environment we're in to provide the best care we can for for joint replacement patients. Yeah, I think that stuff is, I mean, it kind of, to kind of piggyback off Jen's answer too, I mean, I think doing that panel during the lunch yesterday was really interesting not only to see like the practices of PAs across the country but also yeah like just what your job is in terms of call and like how many patients you see and like just the basics of your job you know because we all get so kind of like I think ingrained in our little bubble at work and just don't even really think about it until yeah until these instances where you can kind of like talk to people across the country. Well it's hard not to know if you're normal if you you don't have anything to compare it against so absolutely. So I think it also helps kind of pull back the curtain a bit too. Dr. Dr. Nam did an awesome job. I mean, he's clearly had interactions with a number of PAs, but I think that there's a lot of, especially young arthroplasty surgeons that kind of may or may not have had exposure to PAs in their training, depending on where it was. Obviously, I'm at an academic facility, so I've got residents and fellows that are working with me. I work very directly with our fellows, particularly we have two adult recon fellows. And I think that many times there's docs that kind of are, you know, surgeons that are at conferences that kind of know that people are working with PAs. That's how they're solving a huge amount of, you know, maybe the, the, the burden of, of what they're, they're needing to do to care for their patients or get through their OR days and, and, and otherwise. So I think just depending on how and where you're employed or who your team is, sometimes it can really answer a lot of like, how do you do it? Who's with you? Who's in the OR? How does your clinic week look? How do you manage, you know, your patient population as, as best you can? And when and how do you maximize these collaborative relationships, particularly with these you know, advanced practice providers to really get the most and, and maybe really increase your bandwidth or take care of a, a bigger population or in a better fashion. And I think that's kind of interesting too, because it's like a lot of the PAs, obviously, like you're in kind of an academic setting. So, you know, I mean, without, I obviously don't know all about this, but in the compensation aspect and kind of how you can justify having a PA when you have residents and fellows and all these other people versus like some PAs are in a very separated private practice setting but then there's maybe two or three or four PAs for one surgeon so then it's kind of like okay well when do you make the decision to increase your staff as your volume increases and how do you utilize that staff in like an effective way an efficient way to justify all those costs oh sure interesting that came up a bunch in kind of the lunch discussion and I think that's probably hopefully something that'll be a big part of the course maybe even going forward is is exactly that. I think that, you know, the surgeons we work with greatly appreciate our skill set and our time and our energy, but sometimes it's hard to justify, quote unquote, our sure. existence based on how you may be situated, whether your practice is looking at our views or collections or whatever it may be, because depending in certain situations, there may be PAs that are working fantastically hard for you, but they're not necessarily bringing in a tremendous amount of billing collections and so forth. So I think that there's this ongoing push from a lot of entities to try and help identify, you know, what we do or how we do it and and, and justify our work sure. load. Well, and 
obviously to use you as uh, PAs as efficiently as possible mm -hmm. and also to get you the compensation you deserve because a, a lot of stuff you do is just completely invaluable. Like we could not function without your assistance. So it's a good answer. <laughs> um, would you guys go to it again? Jen? Absolutely. I really liked the end portion too, where they had the surgeons up there and they were kind of playing out different scenarios and each surgeon was kind of giving their approach to troubleshooting those situations. So I work very one-on-one -on -one with one surgeon and so I'm very used to how he does things. So it was kind of interesting to hear the five different surgeons all had a little bit different take on how they would troubleshoot different sure. things in surgery. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, especially if, you know, what Kyle says is true, it gets better every year than I mean, I thought it was great. So, you know, if it keeps getting better, then sure, definitely. Yeah, and I, th I think it's nice. I think the point is well served, and you kind of asked the question earlier. And some of the topics that come up, sometimes depending on how siloed we are or if we're with one surgeon, you kind of know how they do something, and you know exactly what retractors they use and what steps coming next. But both as you get experience, but particularly if you're in situations, I'm fortunate that I'm around kind of a teaching environment, so I get to see it even more. But you just get a better, firmer understanding of why we make those steps that way, or particularly when things don't go as well, what are our next adjustments that we then correct accordingly and so forth. So it's really nice to kind of get and, and, and re-hear, you know, some of the fundamentals, particularly of, you know, whether it be balancing or, or otherwise in, in arthroplasty topics. Sure. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, orthopedic team course, good for PAs, good for physicians. Good for everyone. Go team. Thank you for joining us for AUKUS Amplified. Visit aahks.org to learn more about how members of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate, advocate, and investigate in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.